Hello and welcome to Conversations with Commerce Trust, our show about the markets, investment themes, and economic insights that matter to you. I'm your host, David Hagee, Chief Investment Officer with Commerce Trust. Today, we're reviewing equity markets with Casey Matthews, our Chief Market Strategist and our newest member of the investment leadership team here at Commerce Trust. Welcome to the podcast, Case. Hi, David. I'm really excited to be part of the Commerce Trust team. Thanks for having me on your program today. We have lots to talk about. First and foremost, we couldn't be more excited to have you as part of the Commerce Trust team. You're a seasoned investor, been in the industry for 30 plus years, and a very, very strong addition to the investment leadership team here at Commerce Trust. Maybe the the best place to start would be doing a little bit of a recap of where we've been. Uh, So 2022, as we know, was a remarkably tough year. No place to hide. Uh, Equity markets were down. Uh, Fixed income markets were down. Tough place. Uh, In 2023, it turns on a dime and starts to really work up. As we sit today, we're up about 15% on the S&P 500, um, and it has been a unique market. Uh, Casey, what are your thoughts around the market action side 2023? Well, you saw a big transition, right? As you mentioned, 2022 was a tough market. Really, the place to be was in value-type investments, low-beta, decent valuation-type stocks. And then the leadership transition at the beginning of this year into high-beta uh, growth-type stocks, really led by the technology sector. And that what uh, what has driven the market this year, and you could even say more granular, not only the sector, but really what uh, six or seven stocks have really driven domestic large-cap returns this year. And that's a great point. Whether you call them the Magnificent Seven, which I personally prefer, or the Mega Cap Seven, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, NVIDIA, Tesla, and Meta, formerly known as Facebook, um, they've accounted for such a big portion of the market returns. Through the first six months of the year, those seven stocks were up 61%. The rest of the S&P 500 was up about 5.8%. So really, they've been that primary driver around market returns inside uh, the U.S. for 2023. Any thoughts around that narrow leadership and what that could mean or, or what that says about the markets today? Well, one thing that I think about, David, and you and I have been in the business for quite some time is typically the market is driven by a small number of companies. So perhaps it's not as unique as one might think. But what we believe in is diversification. That's why we own more than one stock. Last year, those magnificent seven stocks uh, did not perform that well. And like I said, you saw the transition of leadership early in the year. So diversify your portfolios. You're always going to get some sector, a few names of stocks that that drive performance. I think you're going to see that year in and year out. You know, that's a great point on diversification. As we look at the other asset classes inside the equity markets, Look at, say, smaller U.S. stocks, whether that be small cap or mid-sized U.S. companies or even international stocks. Um, I'm struck by what a uh, difference their performance has had for 23 as opposed to those large U.S. stocks that that roll that magnificent seven inside there. Yeah, you got to be careful for valuation traps, though. Got to be on the lookout for those, right? So 
What we do know, domestic large caps using the S&P 500 as a proxy was the returns this year were really driven by multiple expansion. At the beginning of the year, the S&P traded at 17 times earnings. Today, we're at 20 times earnings. So for the most part, the returns were driven by valuation uh, expansion, PE expansion. Now, when you look at some of these sub-asset classes like the Russell 2000 uh, and, and international markets, I'll throw that in as well, valuation starts to look attractive. But there lies the potential value trap, right, where the growth isn't there. So there's a reason they trade at a discount to domestic uh, markets. Um, but if you look at like international using the MSCI EFA index, a pretty standard developed market international index trades at 13 times and the emerging market uh, benchmark trades at 13 times as well. But they just don't have the growth that is expected in uh, domestic markets. So you got to be careful when you look at valuations to understand why this asset classes or these asset classes trade at a discount. That's a great point. And as we start to dissect this valuation question a little bit more, what's the price people are willing to pay for things in the U.S.? Maybe because of the dynamic nature of the U.S. economy, people are willing to pay a higher multiple at this point. So we've talked about the price side of it. Let's talk a little bit about the earnings side of it and then how that works with our uh, forecast for a little bit of uh, uh, economic turmoil uh, moving ahead. Uh, any thoughts around the earnings side of the market? Well, what we know is economic conditions typically drive earnings. Um, and what you see here domestically is next year in 2024, right now, earnings expectations are approximately 12%. What we know is typically uh, analysts are a little overzealous. Throughout the year, they adjust their earnings down. Commerce Trust, we think that 12% earnings number is a little high. So therefore, we're a bit cautious when it comes to risk-based assets. You know, this year, we're going to see domestic large cap earnings down 4%. And yet the market has performed so well. As I alluded to, it's all value multiple expansion driven. And then if we move to sub-asset classes, you look at spaces like the Russell 2000, which would be a small cap index or benchmark. Well, 42% of those companies inside that benchmark are not profitable. So you really have to understand what you're getting into and what you own. I couldn't agree more that, you know, having people doing your homework, making sure that we understand fully what we own and what it can do inside different environments um, is the key to having a successful uh, investment uh, experience right now. You know, as we talk about that environment, uh, here we're in the midst of Jackson Hole, the Kansas City Fed's annual conference or economic symposium. The tagline out of uh, Jackson Hole is Chairman Powell says, we will proceed carefully with any rate rises. So we could be at the end of an interest rate hiking cycle, but I'm struck by maybe some other pieces there. We have uh, the money supply, which the Fed was printing since 2012, starting to contract. 
So you have less dollars in search of an asset. You also have a higher interest rate environment, which we're starting to see longer rates catch up to shorter rates a little. It's still inverted. What are your thoughts around, you know, how that's going to affect valuation and, um, you know, what other impacts we could see off off the uh, monetary policy out of the Fed? Well, one, given the uh, Fed statements, it's exactly what I would expect the Fed to say, right? <laughs> There's yeah. nothing new there. <laughs> Consistent. Proceed carefully. Uh, right, exactly. Right. But, but I do think, David, history can tell us something. So maybe it was Mark Twain who said history doesn't repeat itself. Perhaps it just rhymes. So as we listen to the markets and the economy, we're hearing a lot of rhyming. History tells us that when we're close to the end of a Fed tightening cycle, uh, the market prices in, believe it or not, a soft landing. They want to be optimistic. But that rally happens regardless of the outcome, regardless if you have a, a hard landing, a recession, or you avoid a recession, a soft landing. That's exactly what we're seeing right now. This rally with the expectations that we're pushing off a recession into next year and perhaps the odds of a soft landing increase. So we are close to the end of a Fed tightening cycle. Um, when it ends, we'll just have, I think the, the indicator there, we'll have to watch uh, the labor market. Typically, we look at initial claims, which still is, is called in green territory. But then, at, you know, then all of a sudden, if the Fed keeps raising rates, there's a chance they raise one more time this year. Um, low probability of that, 30 to 40 percent looking at the futures market. The economy is going to slow down and then earnings will slow down for a number of reasons. Restrictive monetary policy, high cost of capital. I think consumer balance sheets are changing and that will cause the market to reprice securities. And you'll see some softness in markets going forward. So as we start to look forward, um, love to discuss a couple of ideas that we've talked about today. One is this idea around a value trap, right? That it looks cheap, therefore I should buy it. Oftentimes, as we've experienced with international over the past decade, it has stayed cheap. And so it hasn't had the performance of the U.S. space securities. Looking forward, uh, Let's talk a little bit about what we would expect from international investments and maybe even uh, emerging markets. You know, certainly a longer term theme that we've been considering is this idea of globalization, of reshoring, of friendshoring. Um, and I think that changes supply chains and puts some of the other BRICS, which is a collection of emerging market countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, into greater focus as people pivot away from China potentially, and then also more broadly uh, emerging markets before we start talking about uh, uh, the U.S. markets. You're spot on that um, there's an incredible opportunity across the ponds right? yeah. in, in, in the international space. One, you could say just population growth. We know that China has a population of approximately 1.4 billion people. And this year, I believe India will surpass China as far as uh, population. Um, and when you have population growth, typically you have labor force growth and labor force growth leads to economic growth. Economic growth leads to earnings growth, and you start to put the pieces of the puzzle together. But there will be opportunities 
in these uh, foreign markets, in these emerging markets. Um, you have to be a little careful when you think about the benchmarks or passive investments. So when you, you look at some of these standard uh, benchmarks or indexes, right? you have to understand that the MSCI Emerging Market Index is dominated by China. 29% of those assets are in China and 15% are, are in India. So you have to understand what you own before you allocate capital to these benchmarks or indices. But China has all kinds of structural problems. Uh, we, we could list a number of them from bankruptcies in the real estate space to all kinds of political tension between China and Taiwan. You see economic growth slowing due to uh, call it a struggling reopening in China after a closed economy due to COVID. So these are things that we watch very carefully. There will be a time to increase exposure to those asset classes, but at this time, with all that uncertainty, it's probably best to stay close to shore. I do think it is it's a strong reflection that, you know, as we stay a little more conservative when it comes to equities, well aware of the valuation that you could see inside of some of those equities, that it's just a time where we continue to remain cautious, but continually survey the uh, investment landscape for opportunities out there that could poke up with that. Casey, it's been great having you on the on the podcast today. Thanks for the interesting discussion. Thanks for joining us on Conversations with Commerce Trust. I'm David Hagee. We'll talk again soon. Important material disclosures regarding the content of this program follow. Commerce Trust is a division of Commerce Bank. Generally, non-depository investments offered in connection with Commerce Trust and its affiliates are not guaranteed, are not FDIC insured, and may lose value. Opinions and other information provided are effective as of the date of the recording and presented for the purpose of general education, information, or illustration only. Neither Commerce nor any of its affiliates, officers, employees, or agents have made any recommendations to buy, hold, or sell securities or given any advice as to the terms, beneficial interests, or profitability of any investment strategy or market activity and information provided may not be relied upon as such. You, as the investor, are fully responsible for any investment transaction you choose to enter into, including determining whether such investment is appropriate in light of your investment objectives and personal circumstance, and you shall not have relied on any of the preceding or following information from Commerce as the basis for any investment decision. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified attorney, tax advisor, or investment professional. In considering whether to trade or invest, you should inform yourself and be aware of the risks. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, and the information in the commentary provided is subject to change based on market or other conditions. Diversification does not guarantee a profit or protect against all risk. Commerce Trust does not offer tax, legal, or specific estate planning advice. And while we may provide information or express general opinions from time to time, such information or opinions are not offered as professional tax or legal advice. Commerce Trust does not provide advice relating to rolling over retirement accounts. Commerce Trust is not a municipal advisor under Section 15B of the Securities Exchange Act and therefore does not offer advice or recommendations concerning bond proceeds or other municipal advice subject to this section. Any data contained herein from third-party providers is obtained from what are considered reliable sources. However, its accuracy, completeness, or reliability cannot be guaranteed.